Hello, everyone. Dr. Stillman here with Jim Laird on this Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Thank you to those of you who have served. Uh, thank you to those of you who are currently serving. Thank you to those of you put, currently putting up with people who are currently serving. Jim, you want to add anything to that before we jump in? Um, no, I think you covered all of it. Very good. Quote of the day, the only thing that interferes with my learning is my education. Albert Einstein said that. And the reason I picked this quote today is that what we wanted to talk about is how trauma really affects the body. This is one of the things that we see least understood by the general public. It is an extremely common scenario for Jim or I to be contacted by someone who has some kind of chronic musculoskeletal pain, pick your poison, knee pain, back pain, neck pain, headaches, you know, uh, 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 TMJ, any kind of bodily pain. And they'll say, oh, yeah, and we saw this, that, and the other thing on my insert imaging study here. Ultrasound, x-ray, CT scan, MRI, you know, whatever. And we'll, we'll hear that and we'll listen to them and we'll let them finish. But in the back of our minds, we're thinking most imaging findings, whether it's a bone spur or an area of calcification or decalcification or a ligament that's inflamed or a disc that's slipped or bulging is actually artifact. And what I mean by artifact is it is there, it is an imaging finding, but it is not responsible for the patient's pain, discomfort, or dysfunction. And this bakes people's noodles so thoroughly that telling them this often alienates them from working with you. They say, no, 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 my doctor said this, my therapist said that, you know, it was my gallbladder stuck up under my 11th rib, or it was my uh, Achilles tendon that was calcified or infected with some weird thing. We hear this all the time. We see it all the time. And when you get people moving properly, drinking good water, getting sunlight or using land or using light therapy, eating a wholesome diet, and you get them to deal with their psychological issues, you see these pains and aches disappear because that's what really cures trauma that's stored in the body. And that's my opening. Jim. Yeah, it's really interesting. You look at um, the people who have like limb amputations and they have like phantom pain. And you look at some of the research that's been done on like uh, imaging, for example. You know, you talked about imaging. I mean, yeah, by like the way, a, Jim, I got to jump in and just mention yeah. that as I was telling the part about how it alienates people from working with us, the, the number of people on the stream watching it live dropped in half. <laughs> you know, I have one from like, yeah, well, hey, there you go. Um, you know, if you look at um, imaging studies that they've done and they take like, you know, a thousand people in pain uh, and then they take a thousand people that didn't have pain and they image them. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, the people with pain, some of them have perfect imaging, right? And then the people that don't have pain, some of them have, you know, torn this, torn that, right. you know, ruptured this, ruptured that. So there's a lot more to pain than just physical things. And a lot of pain has to do with the strategy that the body is stuck in. And a lot of pain has to do with, uh, you know, compressive strategies, people using compressive strategies to function, right? Would you yeah. unpack that for a minute? Because, you know, when you started, first started using this lingo with me, I just smiled and nodded. Mm -hmm. and had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah, if you go back onto Dr. Stillman's YouTube channel and look at some of the original interviews we did together while I was still living in Freeport, 
And if you listen, to, like I'm talking about high threshold strategies and, and right. extended strategies, compression strategies, and Dr. Stillman is looking at me like I'm from Mars, right? Politely looking at you like you're. <clears throat> so the body has. Um, I'm going to try and explain this in a in a way that people can understand because it's very foreign. Because the the current model is that lever model, right? And if you look at the body, and, and I've got this this way of thinking from a guy named Bill Hartman, who's so smart, my head burnt like hurts when I talk to him. Um, but he's he's been a good friend and colleague for for years, and and you basically, if you look at, he always uses the analogy of the Jiffy Lube, you know, the, the Jiffy Lube um, mascot that's at the Jiffy Lube, it's filled up with air. We're basically a giant sack of guts and water. Um, and uh, that's basically how we, we, we move, right? By shifting pressure, by shifting our guts around. Of course, there's the whole, if you look at um, the body electric, there's the electric component to it and all this good stuff. So it gets a little interesting. Um, but you're basically, your ability to move is based on your ability to change the shape of your skeleton, right? And people will get into like, well, this muscle's weak or that muscle's weak when 99% of the time, it's your body can't get into the position that it needs to get into for that muscle to have to be able to do its thing. Rommel, my, my dog. Um, so, you know, go ahead. You can put the collar on him. Thank you. Um, Rommel's really excited to play catch. Um, Unlike most things you watch or see on television. So or... what happens is, so you have, your body has like blood pressure, right? Is high yeah. blood pressure bad? Not if I'm chasing you with a machete, okay? Now, if you're walking around or you're trying to go to sleep, high blood pressure is bad. Is low blood pressure good? Not if I'm chasing you with a machete. It's the same thing with movement, okay? A high threshold strategy where you're arching, okay, and you're using this over-breathing strategy is great for force production, running away from emergency, like a, a threat, a fight situation. That's amazing, okay? Because of our modern life and the chronic like low level stress we're under a lot of people are walking around using a strategy that would you would use to deadlift 600 pounds and over time when you're in that compressive strategy where you're basically locked into this extended pattern or you're using compression to get stability and you're not able to relax and you're not able to breathe normally that basically cuts the body's ability to get fluid and nutrients into certain areas of the body. That's why you see the low back and the hips end up basically um, having all sorts of issues because people are using their low back to basically jam into to get their, their stability from. Right. So that's why it's really important with a strength training program, unless your goal, like it's like a top field dragster, right? In order to go as fast as possible in a straight line, the top field dragster does not steer well. Like the only steering it can do is in a straight line. So the more force production you want to create, the more comfort, like a Lexus is very comfortable. It's, 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 a, it's a great car. Now, if you wanted to make the Lexus more like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, if you've ever been in a Ferrari or Lamborghini or McLaren, which I have many times, they are not comfortable. It's like driving down the street with no suspension. Some of the newer ones are better, but, um, the faster the vehicle, uh, the less comforts there's going to be, generally speaking. Um, 
So when you start adding performance onto things, you start taking away certain elements. There's always trade-offs with everything, right? So part of when you work with somebody who's not a high-level athlete, it's a matter of saying, okay, we want to add some strength, but we want them to be able to show and generate this, this strength and power, but we want them to be able to shut it off. So like when you're walking down the street, you're using a relaxed strategy where your pelvis is moving back and forth, your rib cage is moving back and forth. You're not using that rigid, locked-in deadlift strategy where your pelvis is locked, your rib cage is locked, because then you know you're walking like you know most bodybuilders and powerlifters do, like a fire hydrant, right? So we want to make sure that we're using the appropriate strategy for the task at hand. And a lot of times with trauma, especially things like PTSD or accidents, um, people get stuck. In a, in a high threshold strategy and they can't turn it off. And that's why the float tank is so successful with post-traumatic stress disorder. Same, same with things like neurofeedback because it helps people get out of that strategy and then also working on improving people's breathing mechanics so they can, they can relax. Because most of the right. people in our modern world are over breathers. They have, you know, they're not spending enough time in nature. They're not spending enough time doing low level activities. They're not, they become chair athletes. Uh, they're not good at shifting their pressure side to side. Things get locked in place and they're not very good at changing the shape of their skeleton. And that kind of gets them in trouble. Exactly. So let's unpack all of that, right? So with trauma, right? People will go through an event, a series of events, a time in their life where, uh, and I won't get into academic definitions of trauma, but these traumatic events, traumatic episodes, what happens when your body perceives a threat is that it activates your sympathetic nervous system, right? And that sympathetic nervous system runs through your thoracic uh, spine. It turns on and actually innervates your adrenal glands. So, you know, it's funny. People talk about adrenal burnout, adrenal glands. They talk about fight and flight all the time. But the reality is a lot of people don't realize the fundamental neuroanatomy is that the sympathetic chain of ganglia neurons in the spine, the thoracic spine actually has projections into the adrenal gland. That is what creates that burst of adrenal hormones and neurotransmitters to help you cope with that stress. What happens beyond just turning on your brain and turning on your, um, your, you know what it feels like to feel amped up in a dangerous situation beyond that. What Jim is saying is it tends to push people into a strategy most people would call this posture jim hates that word for reasons i won't try to explain <clears throat> um where their spine the is only I, the only thing i hate is yeah. that there's a good or a bad posture there's no mm. such thing the, the the worst posture that you're in is the one you're currently in right and so right. what happens is it will create this posture push you into a posture where your back is arched which as jim was saying is a great way to deal with a stressful situation if you look at people who are running as fast as they can, if you look at people who are trying to deadlift a lot of weight, you go into the gym, virtually everyone is stuck in this posture. They can't get out of it, which is what Jim's talking about. But your stress response is fundamentally what puts you into this posture. People who don't live in our modern world, indigenous peoples, hunter-gatherers, the repetitive nature of their work being low-level, low-intensity, and relatively low-stress helps keep them out of this one strategy or, or group of strategies. 
and in a much wider variety or range of postures, poses, strategies, whatever you want to call them. They also give them periods of time. I mean, how do you stay really stressed out if you're walking two and a half miles a day to gather food or water or firewood or whatever? We live go, 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 minute to minute, constantly being stimulated by our environment, often in very, I mean, if you look at almost all the content out there, it's either making you laugh, it's arousing you, it's freaking you out, or it's infuriating you. It's a vast majority of the content people are consuming today, which is why silence and time off of social media are so important. But with traumatic episodes, traumatic events, people will tend, and with lots of stress as extension of that, they'll end up stuck in this posture where they, they are extended. And part of the problem with that is it actually sends a feedback loop to the brain saying, we're under a lot of stress. We're under a lot of threat. Um, don't turn off. Don't relax. And this also drives patterns of dysfunctional breathing mechanics, which have more and more effects downstream that Jim and I see, which is why one of the first questions we'll ask someone who's coaching with us or he's a patient at the practice, you know, what is your respiratory rate on your fitness tracker, your aura ring, your Fitbit? I don't actually know which other fitness trackers uh, measure respiratory rate. And that's part of why, you know, you and I have for years liked the aura ring better than all the other fitness trackers. It's because it measures respiratory rate, which if I had to pick one piece of data from the aura ring or any fitness tracker to track, it would be, I think it would be respiratory rate and it's almost tied with HRV. What do you think about that, Jim? Yeah, I think the combination of the two is very valuable. And you know, so like we, like yesterday, I, I I had the data is just, and for type A people, like people will poo poo it. They'll be like, oh, you you know, you really shouldn't need that. Like, you know, if you're really truly in touch with yourself. But like yesterday, I had some uh, some food I usually don't eat later in the evening, and it affected when my heart rate dropped in the middle of the night. So I see that. Well, if I decide to eat, you know, something at eight or nine o'clock at night ice cream. Right. Um, it's going to affect my HRV. It's going to fit. So right. you can actually see it. And whereas like type A people like myself, we just keep charging along, you know? So when you see the data and how these things are affecting yourself, it allows you to, to make better choices and be like, Oh, when I do X, it affects my heart rate when it drops in the middle of the night. When I do Y, another really neat thing about the aura ring that I've used this with a ton of people. If you go onto the main page and you click on heart rate, it basically tells you if you click on heart rate, it gives you <clears throat> the thing that pulls up that says restorative signs, sleeping, workouts, daytime. And you can go back every day and see how much time you spend relaxing every day. And, you know, I'll work with somebody like a lady, you know, one in particular comes to mind, super successful type A entrepreneurial type. And, She's like, I'm tired all the time. I don't get it. Do I need, what do I need to do? And we went through and we flipped back for three months on her restorative time. And she didn't have one minute of restorative time during the day, not right. one. So she started making an effort to take a few minutes every day to relax and calm down and just like go lay in a hammock for five minutes. And all of a sudden she started going from like zero restorative time to five to 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And all of a sudden she started sleeping better. She started relaxing. She's like, oh, I feel so much better. She can look at the data and be like, oh, I'm running around like a fool again. I need to check myself before I wreck myself. Right. And uh, we see this all the time. Yeah. It's, it's great for people that like myself, like I always describe type A people as like, 
you give them an axe, you tell them to go out of the forest and they to cut down two trees and they cut the whole freaking forest down. Like right. that's, you know, the type of personality. And let's that bring that back to trauma because we see so often that these high achieving personality types right. have got a lot of trauma they haven't dealt with. Sure. And what we see happening is that the people who've been in these traumatic situations, they never get out of the intense go, go, go minute to minute survival mindset that they were in, in that setting. Sure. And it turns them into absolutely wildly successful people. The kind of people mm -hmm. who, who people say, I don't know how you do it. How do you find the time? You know, what is it that drives you? Uh, but a lot of the time what they're really doing is they're running from their feelings. And this leads to a lot of trauma and ending up trapped in the body. And what people need to know is that trauma from what we can tell seems to literally get trapped in muscles, tissues, maybe even bone. It's a very weird downright spooky thing that we see. I would say the energy gets trapped. Sure. We'll call it what you will. Right. But we see that when people deal with these emotional issues, give themselves time, space to rest, recuperate, recover. Sometimes I'll, I'll explain it to patients as this is, your, your brain's got programs it's supposed to run to kind of keep house and perform a kind of mental hygiene. And it only runs those when you're not running around and super overactive. And so if you're never slowing down during the day, you're never going to do this. This is why people will, you know, fall in love with meditations from guys like Joe Dispenza or Roy Masters, um, different types or schools of thought of, of meditation. They go from being constantly on the go, constantly overachieving, constantly being busy and worrying about stuff to spending just five, 10, 15 minutes a day, allowing their brain to work through these problems, these issues, these challenges they've had and experiences they've, they've endured. Uh, and then all of a sudden that the trauma that's been stored in their body begins to release. And all of a sudden aches and pains that orthopedic surgeons or neurosurgeons or chiropractors or physical therapists had told them were their liver, their gallbladder, their, their low back, their SI joint, their piriformis will just release. And that's part of what you're, and this is the, one of the things that really blows my mind. You have that school of thought over here with mind body medicine, and then you have all the other manipulative medicine and physical medicine, osteopathic manipulative medicine, chiropractic medicine. Some PTs will get into manipulation, right? You have all these other types. And then that's, there's massage. And then within massage, there's so many different schools of thought in massage. And what I see you doing when you train people directly, and people should join our newsletter if they want to find out about opportunities to train with Jim. There's some new ones that are coming up. He's going to be launching a course in mid-June where there will be some opportunities to train with him live in a, in a group setting. You help them correct or put them into a posture or strategy where they're suddenly they're not stuck in fight or flight because you've put them into a position where the body is finally relaxing. And as you like to you know, tell the story, often people will cry when you get them out of that state of being revved up and they don't even realize that they've been revved up for years. Right. And, you know, what, what I essentially do is give them variability. Right. right. And, and when you have when you have what variability, variability means yeah. to you, pardon me. What what does variability mean to you? 
the ability it's like blood pressure the ability to switch between high and low blood pressure the ability to eat to fast and not be sick and the ability to eat a piece of chocolate cake and be okay right and so what happens is is people generally in our world get stuck in the high threshold side of movement um and it, there's a there's a really good book about this called when the body says no that's a, it's a really great book that covers a lot of this and it's interesting, the CIA actually looks for people that have had enough trauma because people that have been traumatized are highly driven. Um, you know, they're looking for validation. They're also trying to like manage. I used to be like this, manage my demons by achieving things. So you're always going, you're always doing that way. You don't have to sit quietly and deal with a lot of this stuff in your head mm -hmm. because it's very painful and it's hard work to you know, forgive people and to take the action needed. So the CIA actually looks for people that were traumatized enough to make them highly driven and motivated, but not so much to turn them into a psychopath or a sociopath, right? So uh, it's very well known that mostly people that are very highly successful and highly driven have some sort of trauma, generally speaking. But the ability to switch from one side to the other, to steal a phrase from Paul Check, the ability to work hard or work out, and then the ability to work in, which is like, breathing, being present, Tai Chi, flowing movement, not movement that's trying to burn calories, but flowing, relaxing, you know, restorative yoga, Tai Chi, these type of things. Uh, most people in our modern world neglect those sort of things like walking, low-level manual labor. I would almost classify mowing your grass into that sort of restorative movement kind of activity. We don't get enough of that side of things. So, um, that's what I mean by variability, the ability to change shapes. So, you know, a lot of the things that I do with people are to give them more flexion because most people are stuck extended. So we take them to the other extreme so they can live somewhere in the middle. Right. And then also making sure, like if you go to the gym, you're going to see people, all their pull downs are done with their back arched, locked together. Their rows they're done with their back arched and locked together. Their squats are done like that. Their deadlifts are done like that. They're doing tricep kickdowns and they're arching their back. You know, they're doing planks and they're arching. They're not reaching through their shoulder blades. They're not stacking their pelvis and their rib cage. The push-ups, they're dumped forward into their spine. So they're reinforcing this same position over and over and over again. It's no wonder you know, one of the reasons like ancient cultures, like particularly Asian cultures, don't have a lot of back issues. They, they go to the bathroom in a full squat like every day. Right. They sit at a bus stop in a full squat. So what is a full squat? It jams your guts back into your low back and allows the guts to move backwards. When you're in this extended state, the guts are pushed forward. So people in traditional cultures generally spend a lot of time in a deep squat, which gives you access to flexion which is the opposite of the run from a bear position, right? If you scare a toddler, they do this, right? They arch. So most of our modern life drives us into this arch. So just simply sitting in a deep squat, holding on to the door on one each side of the doorknob with your knees together in a really deep squat, squat giving you some flexion, pushing your guts backwards, because your ability to shift your guts from side to side, front to back, and then breathe normally in these different positions is the things that keep you from getting into trouble. As soon as you lose the ability to move and shift your pressure, uh, and then also you have to go into like a high threshold breathing strategy, mm. the, the more you breathe, the better you can move. 
the less you breathe, the more stiff, stable, and the more force you can produce. Mm. So you just don't want to get stuck on one side or the other. You want to be able to switch back and forth between the two. And one of the things I've noticed is that some of the most popular yoga poses that people like the most in their yoga routines are the ones that help them with exactly these issues. They love downward dog because it puts them in an inversion they're never in. If they're doing right. it properly, their, their pelvis and their ribcage are, are, are properly aligned. They love child's pose. Child's pose often you know, pulls the pelvis and ribcage into the right position if it's done, again, correctly. And then the other thing about you know Asian cultures and low back is that one of the, the big problems with the human brain is that it's so open to suggestion that the suggestion that you might have or develop an illness can create the illness. So mind body medicine physicians remarked when, because they knew about this association, they knew how powerful this was. And again, people are very hostile to the idea that just because they heard about, and this is actually part of why pharmaceutical marketing can be so damaging. If they're just suggesting to you that you have a disease that alone can suggest to you that you're going to get it and increase your risk of getting it. That's part of why the pharmaceutical industry likes to donate money to nonprofits that are disease focused, right? Because they know that if that nonprofit is running ads, if they're doing advertising, if they're doing, you know, 5Ks and whatever other pr promotional events that they're doing to raise money, that actually it, they're increasing the risk that you're going to develop the disease if the marketing is done properly, so to speak, for the pharmaceutical industry. And that's why very few of these nonprofits actually focus on practical tips for prevention of these illnesses. You know, how many, how many little ads or bloopers or, or not bloopers, but, you know, blog posts or whatever do you see, you know, during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, how many of those are actual practical advice on <laughs> what can prevent breast cancer? There's a laundry list of things that I help women understand that I believe will help um, save their breasts and help optimize their breast health. I don't see any of it in real mainstream medicine the way that it could be, I believe, for exactly this reason. But to, uh, to go back to what I was saying, if you tell the world about, say, an athlete developing a uh, heel spur, like the example of this at the Mind Body Medicine, I've read, doctors I've read about, quote, is that they feel like or they noticed more people coming in with heel spurs after uh, Larry Bird, the famous, was he a forward? I don't know. Celtics uh, a basketball player developed a heel spur. And so, and you, you know, we, we saw this very recently, the last two or three years, one of the things that doctors like me shook our heads at was the media saying, this is so dangerous. Everyone needs to be afraid. You all need to stay indoors. Don't go out and socialize. You might catch something. The reality is by telling people that you actually increase the likelihood that they will catch it. And if you tell someone that a disease is more dangerous uh, than it might otherwise be or might actually be, you'll actually make it worse. And this is why you have to be aware of these things. Otherwise, you'll ultimately be manipulated into having illnesses and going down therapeutic roads that you don't need. The number of back surgeries in this country that are totally and completely unnecessary is uh, would, would truly, it truly beggars belief. People find it hard to accept that back surgery is, is, a, is a, I hate to say this, but back surgery is largely a racket. And if you talk to the docs who are really strict with their thinking about the benefits and risks of surgery, they, uh, they will admit that behind closed doors. They of course are not making their money from back surgery. So, you know, they're, um, they're not exploiting this fact, but a lot of doctors are.
Yeah, the, the rates of success with back outcomes is much higher with acupuncture, massage, chiropractic than it is with surgery. Because surgery doesn't fix the underlying root cause of why you develop the issue, right? Um, so, you know, whereas going to a chiropractor or getting acupuncture where you're lying on a table, relaxed. Right. You know, half the benefits of acupuncture are just actually laying on the table and chilling out for an hour because you can't move because there's needles that'll be punched into you if you move in any way. Right. Yeah. Uh, or massage, getting you moved around in different ways, especially if they get into your guts and start moving things around in your guts and digging out below your rib cage. Um, you know, that changes, changes outcome, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so I think that's enough for today, Jim. Yeah, that was, that was, that was very good. That was a good conversation. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this. You can find out more about working with us through the link uh, in the description below the video. As always, make sure that you like, share, comment. We encourage you to share this with someone who needs it, and happy Memorial Day. Yeah, we, have a, we actually have a weight loss um, coaching program we're doing right now that you can check out in our link. We tree. do. That's open and for enrollment until Wednesday. Night. For the love of everything, for the love of French toast, get outside today. Go outside. Go get for outside. a walk. Enjoy it. Take care, everyone.